Hey there, this is Jason and Paul, and we encourage you to follow us on Instagram at stateofloveandtrust underscore pod, where we can continue the conversation with you. Thanks for listening. And now, let's get to the show. Welcome back to another edition of the State of Love and Trust, a Pearl Jam podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Jason Carapesi, alongside, as always, Paul Gillieri. Hello to everyone out there. Thanks for listening once again. We've got a jam-packed show today. I'm going to skip all the pleasantries. I'm going to. I'm not going to tell you what I don't like tonight, you Paul. anyway, Jason. It's That's fine. fine. <laughs> I'll give you a greeting, but no salutations for you. Okay. <laughs> Uh, so we've got a big show and it actually expanded like kind of right before we started this. And that's a good thing because now I'm really excited as opposed to being pretty excited. Now I'm really excited. So what we're going to do today is we are going to do a little reaction to the, um, all streaming affair of Volapalooza 2020. Um, and then we're going to get into our main chunk this week, which is, uh, our favorite shows from the Yield Tour. So we kind of made this um, the 98-99 era, if you will. And these are not necessarily the best, but what we think are our favorites. I, I guess it could be the best, but our favorites. And then our live cut and lyric of the week per huge. So, Paul, uh, the the boys did a... Well, they, they sent, I guess, a clip of them playing from Brazil in 2018. We're not going to talk about that for the Lollapalooza stream. We're going to talk about something else. It was a cover done by Chris Cornell's daughter, Tony, who I believe is 15 years old. And she put together a little, you know, Zoom type of cover of Black. And I really want to know your thoughts because it is your favorite song. And, um, you know, what did you think of this? Black is a really difficult song to sing. Um, there was a period where the band didn't they didn't play the song very often. Um, and I remember there, there was a live show, the date of which evades me now. But Eddie said, you know, we don't, it's been a while since we played this one. It's, it's just really hard to sing. And so whenever somebody covers Black, I, I'm always intrigued because there's a lot of ways to cover it. Uh, you know, for a while, the whole, uh, was it Aaron Lewis, I think, had a... Mm. Oh, yeah, that's had, right. Had, you know, I almost forgot a, about that. <laughs> yeah, well, that was like the the cover, right, yeah, for a while yeah. uh, of the track. And then um, uh, there there have been other ones since then. Uh, actually, I, I think one of the best covers of Black you'll find out there is by Chris Daughtry. Really? Uh, Dude, the guy just has the pipes for it, man. I don't he know. does. He just, he just, he just, he just nails it. You know, I mean, sometimes there's just certain voices that just work with the song. And, uh, but uh, you know what? I, I love when I see this song tackled from a different angle when it's 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 slowed down and it's played acoustically or, or with a piano or something. And um, when it's sung by a female vocalist, I think it, it adds a, a very different different uh nuance to the track uh she changed the lyrics a little bit i think um which i thought was was really cool actually uh there's a sentimental vibe to this whole thing i mean obviously who her father is i i don't say was because i I, i'm a firm believer that you know like i am a father and so if heaven forbid something happens to me i'll always be my daughter's father and so you know this is Chris Cornell's daughter and he is her father. And so uh, the song is, is about mourning a lost love in a lot of respects. And uh, I thought it was an interesting song choice for her to choose uh, because, you know, that there's, why can't it be mine? Right. And I'm sure there's a part of her that's like, you've been a star in so many people's skies, you know, and, and I, I wish that you were still here with me. And so I really appreciated the, personal connection and and i thought that added a whole element to the song that would be absent otherwise as far as the actual rendition itself i, I mean the kid's 15 and yeah. she can sing beautifully mm-hmm. and and i thought it was a, a a very stirring rendition and um i i have a follow-up thought after after i get yours on that mm-hmm. matter but uh 
it was it was it was a joy to see and it was something i don't know much about chris's personal life and so to to have this brief window into that family dynamic in the sense that the the love of music the shared love of music and to see that come out that way i thought was a beautiful thing to see yeah uh she um that's the first thing i noticed actually about her rendition was that her voice is it's pristine it's it's a really pretty clean uh you know you're so used to hearing eddie in, in his kind of growly strained way of singing this and that aching way that he sings this song she was aching but not it didn't sound so physical in the way that she sung it because she hit every note perfectly she does mm-hmm. um and the arrangement was interesting because it was in a different key and then she obviously as you mentioned before she changed all of the pronouns to right male exactly instead of female uh, which I always, I always wonder about that when, when people cover songs. I wish the, folks did it more often, actually. It, I, it would I think make it, sense. It, it makes more sense that way. Yeah. I'll, you know, I would say nine times out of 10, it, it doesn't change the song's meaning at all. It just kind of no. flips it so that it makes sense from that person's point of view. Um, it, it felt like she was kind of sitting in the pocket too. Like she was like kind of barely making it to the next measure, like really kind of just letting the music lead her to the next space, as opposed to Eddie's delivery has always kind of been, at least in the beginning, he was pushing things along with his narrative. So I found that very interesting. And I, I noticed myself getting goosebumps listening to her sing the song. I know, I know it's not as powerful without the full, you know, Pearl Jam band behind her. And there's only so much that you know, her backing band did. I think that it was intentional to keep it kind of, um, stripped down, but I liked it. I thought she did a really nice job with it. And, and as you know, you said it's, you know, her relationship with her father that brings on a kind of a different relationship meaning for, for this song. So I, I enjoyed it. You know, it's funny that there's something ironic about you saying that she didn't have the full backing of the band. And so there was only, only, you know, so much you could do in terms of, of the level of passion. And it was pristine. Um, but there's a version, a rendition of this song, a cover of this song by a female artist that I think does, does a particular justice to the, the passion imbued within, in this track. Uh, have you heard of uh, an artist by the name of Finding Kate? Finding Kate? Yeah. No, I have not. She, her ability to cover she does a, a rendition of Nutshell that is off the charts, man. Ooh, that's it's a tough one to hit sing too. Outstanding, and her cover of Black is one of the best I've ever heard. And she brings that passion that you get from Eddie, and it's just her and a piano. Hmm. And and her ability is not only does she hit every note, but it doesn't sound pristine. It sounds aching. It sounds soaring i mean it 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 she truly captures the essence of that song and she's older and she's lived more and i think that there's something about living this experience that brings that to the song um now obviously tony cornell she knows what pain feels like man i mean that I, I can't even fathom losing my father under those circumstances so in no way shape or form am i insinuating that there was no passion to her version of the song. There certainly was. There's just an experience and a wisdom that comes with living with a long age, time. you know? Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's a just, it's a different kind of experienced uh, pain. And uh, it, it's a song that I'd actually like to you to hear or that this particular rendition. And it, this would be a cool follow-up discussion in another episode actually, but uh, it, it's Maybe the kind of version of this song that w- whenever I, I hear oh, somebody covered black, this is what I hope it's going to sound like. Was that your follow-up to me? That was, was my follow-up. Yeah. yeah I, I think I think what we'll do is we'll, we'll find that uh, link, you guys, and uh, we'll post it on our Instagram so you guys can see. And uh, our Facebook. What, and our Facebook. Um, so you guys can see what we're talking about. Anywho, I wanted to get that out of the way because it felt topical, and I thought it was a nice little, nice little cover version. Uh, let's get to our main meat here. This is, we talked about yield last week and retracking it. And 
Um, actually, somebody mentioned, uh, did you notice happy when I'm crying is at the beginning of Push Me Pullman? I go, yes, yes, we did notice that. And I guess you could then say it was included on the album. So there you go. But uh, as far as the Yield Tour is concerned, oh, baby. Paul, is this your favorite tour? No, it's not. I think it's it's arguably one of the band's best. And I think it, it, if it's so good that they said, we've got to put a live album out for this, and, and thus was born live on Two Lakes, it clearly was a tour that they felt they were on their A game and the crowd brought it. Uh, was it my favorite tour? I'm going to be honest with you, man. I didn't see a show from this tour live. Mm. And so I, I can't say that it was my favorite tour on a personal level because of that. Musically speaking, um, it's a fantastic tour. Uh, there's a lot of great shows, some wonderful sound quality on a lot of these shows. So it, it, it is a good one. With this, with this tour, it's the last major tour we had before official bootlegs. Mm-hmm. But there were a lot of shows that if they weren't soundboard, they were really good audience recordings that I have no problem listening to. And I think you're a little bit more strict with your um, parameters when it comes to your personal library of I'm a shows. spoiled bastard, man. I'm, <laughs> I'm kind of a nerd, though. I have, I have literally every show recorded that doesn't sound like it was uh, recorded. Like on a transistor radio? Yeah. Yeah, like... <laughs> There are some some on that on the first handful of years where it's just like I can't even make out what's happening. No, Why well, is this even being I'm, I'm to the point where if it doesn't if it it doesn't sound like soundboard, I can't get through it. I mean, I, well, it, just, it that's the problem. It, this to is me, going to be... it feels like I'm watching a movie, and it's a like it's you're streaming and it's somewhat blurry. It's like you can watch five minutes of the movie and then you're just like oh, I'm getting a headache. I can't watch the rest of this like this. I got I got to upgrade the Wi-Fi or something. I just can't do it. So. Yeah, I suck, but what do you want from me? You don't suck. You're just, you have very high maintenance. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> or I have impeccable taste, one or the other. Aren't they the same thing? <laughs> exactly. Uh, well, I think that's actually going to be a differentiator between you and I, maybe, perhaps, because I think there's at least one on here from, uh, from my perspective that probably doesn't meet your standard of quality, but I find the show to be really, really, really good. So I included it. Um, we're, as is tradition on this show, you know, we've set ourselves a top three, but we have to have an honorable mention. Of course. I mean, this this tour is too chock full of quality to not have. And by the way, after um, we did we did uh, give each other our, our picks beforehand, just so we kind of knew what uh, else to be speaking about besides our own picks. So when I saw yours, I go, oh, I should go back and listen to those. I was like, shit. Man, those are really good too. I could have like five honorable mentions. So a, a top seven wouldn't have been that hard to do. But anywho, let me start things off here. And I'm going to start in the band's hometown with my honorable mention here. The second Seattle show, July 22nd, was terrific. I gave the set list an A-, the performance an A-, and the sound quality an A-. And the thing with the intangibles is that it was the last show of a leg of a tour, which is historically very good. And it was a home crowd vibe. It was in this football stadium. It's like a, it looks actually like a high school football stadium. It's called Memorial Stadium. It's right next to the Space Needle and the EMP Music Festival, like little museum that they have there. It's a nice little park area. And they play this, this uh, football stadium back to back nights. And let me, I'll rattle off the, uh, the set list real quick for you. Last exit, Animal. Spin the Black Circle, Brain of J, Faithful, Red Mosquito, Given to Fly, MFC, Habit, Not For You, Daughter, Even Flow, Off He Goes, Better Man, Lucan, Present Tense, Mankind, Alive, Corduroy, which is an odd place for that, Hail Hail, Do the Evolution, Porch, and the encores were Wishlist, Leather Man, Leaving Here, Fucking Up, and then a second encore of Love Better. This show had such great energy, and they kind of just, they just stood up for this show, and I, I just find, you know, when the band plays at home, and I'm, I was lucky enough to experience a home show a couple of years ago, there's a different energy. And it was hard to make it an honorable, but the other shows above it are just a little bit better. But man, this show was fan effing tastic. And you can't go bad with having a mankind entrance into the, into the set list. Not at all. I mean, that's. Uh... It's an oldie but goodie. It's rare when you know Stone gets up there and says, "I'm gonna sing now." So I always appreciate it when it happens. Not a fan of the song, 
but I'm mean, I'm a fan of the um the sentimentality of of. Moments. I'm a fan of the of the novelty. Yeah, the novelty. Cool. I would love to hear it just like a knock it off the old PJ tra- stat tracker list. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And Absolutely. they did they did end the show with uh, uh, Ledbetter, like I said, and Mike tagged it with the Star Spangled Banner, and he said, you know, we'll miss you guys. See you in August. So. I just think there's something special about those end of tour and home shows. That's why. So I put it in at my honorable mention. I'm glad you did. What about you? You know, for me, my honorable mention is a foreign show. It's uh, it's Melbourne, Australia, mm-hmm. March 5th, 1998. By the way, they I should did... correct you real quick. Oh, they, 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 the they, they say Melbourne. 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 Oh, thank so you. For Australian listeners, I know we have a few Australian listeners out there. It's Melbourne, not Melbourne. Melbourne. Thank you, sir. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, this was the second show. I guess they did. They did one on the third of March. This was the second show. Was it third, second, or third? Uh, well, they did a show on March third of '98, mm-hmm. and then they did another one on March fifth. And so this is the second show, I guess, in Melbourne. And uh, the set list was fantastic. I mean, they opened with release as they are wanting to do. And then they, they came in just blisteringly with brain of Jay and then followed that up with, with animal, which I thought was super cool. And then, then you got faithful and then they kind of brought it down a bit and that you, you got in my tree, you got, I got shit corduroy wish list, even flow. Now you're going to have to correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, for, first of all, what I know about this show is that broadcast on the radio throughout Australia. Yes. And, and on the internet in real time at that time, right? So because they had played on March 3rd, they kind of got a feel for it, right? So it's, it's just like with anything. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've written something and Microsoft Word freezes or and I lose everything I wrote. And then I'm obviously I, I, I Google Doc Guy now, but back in the day when we were writing everything on Word, and then you have to go back and you are cursing up a storm, but then you realize when you... you despite all the hours of time wasted, when you rewrite it the second time, it always comes out better. Well, it's the same thing with, with performing, I would imagine, because Pearl Jam, whenever they have multiple shows in a city, it's always the, the subsequent nights that they get better and better. I feel like, you know, in this case, it was the second night or the third night and so on. And so uh, this particular show here, it just has an outstanding set list. I mean, you get MFC, you get given to fly, faithful, brain of Jay. You get some throwbacks like state of love and trust. Uh, you get do the evolution. Uh, they ended their second encore with indifference and then polished it off with porch, which I thought, I mean, I haven't seen a show end with porch in a while. So I thought that was pretty neat. Um, Ed changes the lyric in wish list. I'm, I'm getting this from, from two feet thick with their concert chronology. Cause like I said, I wasn't at the show. But I guess the Camaro line, which is one of my favorites in the song, says, I wish I was the full moon shining off your bulldozer's hood, which I thought was just a wonderful just kind of twist to the song. You know, he has a great way of altering his lyrics to a setting. And not a lot of artists do that. And I, I think Ed does that really, really well. Um, it's just a great show. The, the, the sound quality is excellent. And I, I have to give a shout out here because... There is a Blogspot site. If you go to wegotshit.blogspot.com, I got to do some more research on this, but this guy here, or guys, or crew, I'm, I'm not sure, to be honest with you, they've remastered and re, um, remixed a lot of these bootlegs from the 90s. And so I have a lot of versions of these shows where I got them from this site, and they're completely remixed, and they sound phenomenal. So this particular cut that I have of Melbourne is really, really great. And I have to attribute it to this particular bootleg site. We got shit. It's Pearl Jam bootleg site. And uh, I would be remiss if I, if I put this as an honorable mention without actually you know, paying proper respects to the, uh, the, the JWB soundboard remaster. Uh, and there's Matrix remasters. I mean, there, there's some really, really special stuff on here. So I encourage anybody who's a Pearl Jam fan to check out some of these and they come in flack. They come in MP3. It's a really, really cool, uh, audio file site. If you love Pearl jam bootlegs. 
Well, I'm glad that you said Melbourne uh... correctly. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> I was, by the way, I was looking up uh, at Tufu Thick while you were talking. It was night three, March second, March third, and then it took a night off, and then March fifth. Okay, it was. So, so, so it was, but your, yeah. your point right. of of them getting better each time they're in the same city is a hundred percent on point. And funny enough, this is my number three. Ah. So this is my third favorite um, from the Yield era. Uh, was that March fifth show? I rated setless performance and sound quality all at A. Yeah. I'm I'm curious about sound quality because where you got your copy, I wonder if it's a part of the running um, master list of shows, master torrent of shows that that's alive on Reddit. I don't know. That's a great question. Because I, I'd love to talk to uh... yeah. Because that, as you may not may or may not know, guys, there is on the Pearl Jam subreddit a. A uh, the Pearl Jam, I'm sorry, the Pearl Jam bootleg subreddit, a, a master torrent that has like every possible thing that's out there, shitty quality to fantastic quality, except for official stuff, of, of course. So this this is freely traded. So that's where I've gotten most of my things, and I'm curious if they kind of teamed up with Blogspot or if Blogspot people kind of you know sent their stuff over at some point to whoever was compiling. But you know, like you said. Over the over the internet uh, on the radio, they actually made mention to um, the public radio um, in uh, in the, in the states and in Australia at Triple J. Um, and mm-hmm. you know, you talk about uh, changing lyrics. Well, you know, this is I think relatively. I could be getting this way wrong, but I believe this is shortly after uh, In Excess lost their frontman Michael Hutchins. Mm-hmm. They changed, I saw that. Um, he changed the lyric in, in my tree for that. In, in front to back, this is a phenomenal show. Some people um, have said that, oh, well, people only rate it so high because of the sound quality, and it's actually not as good. No, no, this is a great, great show. So I'm curious out there, you guys, if if you happen to go to any of these shows, especially this one out there in Australia and in, in Melbourne, if you if you went to this show and what you thought of this show, if you what do you remember from this show? Because uh, it's it's fantastic and it's legendary. It is. And if, if you haven't heard the show, go to wegotshit.blogspot.com yeah. and check out per- revered Pearl Jam audio file, <laughs> JWB, because it, th- these soundboard remasters are, are they're killer, man. I, I highly encourage you and anybody else to check them out. Absolutely. All right. What's your number three? All right. So moving forward here, my number three is... Uh, Mansfield, Massachusetts, Great Woods, Mansfield, Massachusetts, 9-16-98. So a little September show here. Uh, first of all, it, one of my favorite things about these Yield shows was this whole, like, throw your arms around me, soldier of love, last kiss. There was this cool kind of like 50s throwback vibe mm. to some of the sound that you get. And, of course, they open with throw your arms around me, which is one of my, my favorite uh, songs that they'll do on occasion. Well, as the pre-opener, great cover. Yeah, is exactly. So even they, before, they just come in. Uh, who I, I forget who the opener was, but yeah, it was an Ed solo before Ben Harper. Right, right, right. Ben Harper. That's what it was. Yeah, right. <clears throat> so then they, of course, cut in similarly with Melbourne with the release Brain of J. But this time, instead of going Animal, they went Hail Hail, which I thought was a cool twist. And then uh, they they brought it down with Given to Fly. You got a dissident appearance. MFC shows up again. You get Wishless, Faithful. Um, uh, you got Habit and Off He Goes back to back, which I thought was fantastic. Mm. Then followed up with Present Tense. And then you get Black, Do the Evolution and Porch. Um, <clears throat> they ended with Last Kiss, which I thought to open, and theoretically to open with Throw Your Arms Around Me and then end with Last Kiss. I love the, the set list. The sound quality is exceptional of this particular version. I, I want to say it's also a JWB soundboard remaster, but I, I got to go back and, and double check my notes on it. Well, once but again, it's, a, it's the second of two nights. Exactly. Right. So they come yeah. in and they're, they're already warmed up a bit here. Kind of got a feel for the, the setting and, uh, and the crowd. It's just a great show. Apparently he, Again, this is two feet thick concert chronology. These are notes off this. Ed comes up. He plays a riff to Wishlist saying, I wish I was Ben Harper before playing mm. Throw Your Arms Around Me, which I thought was just a cool homage to Ben. There's such a love 
that the band has of Ben Harper and vice versa. And, you know, you actually mentioned this, Jason, on a previous episode, the, the opportunity to meet Ben. Oh, yeah. That was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Red Dot was typically what you would have playing in the background as they took the stage. But for whatever reason, the opening music to their set was Aida Davnita this time, which I thought was was kind of interesting as well because it wasn't in terms of set list of vitology. I wonder why that was. I don't know, to be honest with you. But uh, uh, apparently, you know, Dissident... And some of these other tracks, Ed was super emotional for it. And so, it, it, according to the notes, it looks like Ed's crying. And so, he flubs a few of the words. And before MFC, he says that he has to compose himself. And then he goes on. Uh, you know, he, he says before even flow, it's take no prisoner's time. And then he gets the words right. And he starts laughing about it. There's just a really impassioned performance that we get out of the band, specifically Ed. And if you get a show like this, and Boston is always intense, man. I mean, Massachusetts, the, whenever they play there, the, the crowd always just brings it. And so if you have Pearl Jam with great sound, the settings are great. When I say setting, it's a setting, not settings, it's one setting. But the sound quality, the set list, and then, of course, just the mood that the band was in and then with the energy that the fans brought to it. It's just a fantastic show. Well, speaking of mood, I mean, they, I, I feel like, especially in that era, 98 through like 02, 03, they were really into playing amphitheaters over arenas, I've found. Mm-hmm. And there's just something about mid to late summer outside. I mean, this was, it was the second night of two in, in Mansfield, which if you guys don't know, it, it's kind of like an hour or so south, southwest of Boston and kind of like maybe like 40 minutes east of Providence. So it's kind of out in the middle of nowhere in New England. And right. they played a few nights earlier in Hartford, which is a, kind of a my first show, by the way. But it was a it was a show that ended early because the, there was a security problems. And so they're coming off of this crazy weird energy in Hartford. And then two nights before that was the big garden show where they, where they played Breath for the first time in forever. So there was a, a really interesting energy coming out of that. And what's weird is that at the end of this show or towards the end of this show, we have the infamous quarters incident where, you know, they're playing go and some jackass starts chucking quarters at Ed and he flips the fuck out after the show. It's like, I'm, we're just going to walk off. You know, they literally walked off yeah. in Hartford three nights earlier because the security was being assholes. So they were just in this fucking mood. And what's funny is he catches himself at the very end of his little rant and says, Ah, I got that out of me. And they go the right corner in. Rant. It's, it's legendary. <laughs> it, it is, so man. It, it's its so own good. track. Like, literally, you could have a mixtape of these weird improvs, and the quarter rant is definitely on there. Legendary, man. It is. I, you know, I forgot to mention this, too, by the way, when I was talking about uh, the Australia show. Jack Irons actually played with Pearl Jam. That's true. In Hawaii and Australia. And that was then, one of the last shows of his, yeah. Exactly. So it's kind of like one of those things where if you want to hear Jack on Yield, because he actually played in the studio for the album, you kind of have to find a show from Hawaii or Australia because after that, you know, they went and, and found Matt and like, hey, learn our entire catalog in like two weeks. And he did somehow. And so <laughs> and by and, the way, you get that. What's interesting about, about, you know, trying to find the best or your favorite shows from this tour is I feel like, most of the ones that I have been listening to to try and narrow it down came from the second half of the year. Right. That's a, that's another feather in the in the cap for Australia to me was that Jack was there. Well, yeah, you have Jack, and you say the first couple of shows that were you know great in their own right, but then once once they come back to the states to do the western half uh, uh, of America, they've got a new drummer, and so there's probably yeah. not a tightness that you're used to, and so by the time they get into middle of the summer in July. You start hitting some strides and start hitting some really legendary shows. So um, I will move on to my number two, my, my second favorite show from from that tour. And you know, I mentioned Seattle before in my honorable mention as being the last of a leg. Well, my second favorite is the last of the tour. It's night two again, night two, night two, West Palm Beach, Florida. And it's, um, I actually saw them there in 2003 on the Riot Act tour. But again, it's an amphitheater, another amphitheater show. And I rated the set list an A, performances an A. The sound quality is probably only like a B. It's not as good as what you would be used to. And this is where I was mentioning mm. before how we'd yeah. have a bit of a difference here. 
But this is one of those shows that just so damn good. It's actually the third longest of the entire tour, only behind, I have notes somewhere on this, only behind San Diego and Chicago by like one or two minutes. So it's a long ass show. It's like 2.15. Mike comes out cross-dressing again for some reason. He's got like a feathery bow around his neck. He's wearing spandex. You know, at some point they start playing ping pong. They have a ping pong tournament in the middle of the show. Don't know why. Outstanding. He's the referee. They're playing Star Wars. Huzzah. Like what's happening? It's just madness. And it, it, it just... A really, really fun show. Release, Hail, Hail, Animal, Spin the Black Circle, Given the Fly, Corduroy, Rearview Mirror, Wishlist, Faithful, Even Flow, Daughter. Um, they improv uh, something, and then they go into Whipping, Present Tense, Not For You, Brand of J, Black, Alive, which that ending is incredible. And then in- Encore 1, Breath. I'm a, I'm a sucker for breath. Yeah, you certainly are. Big sucker for breath. Elderly Woman, I Got Shit, Do the Evolution, Rats. Comes out of nowhere. Haven't seen that most of the tour. Smile. Haven't seen that most of the tour. Um, and then leading, gems. Yeah, leading here. Boom. Yellow Ledbetter as the as the closer. And you know, it, it's one of those. It, I, it's actually one of the only shows where Ed says. Uh, actually, I should say uh, Ed says this is the only tour where we're going to stop where we wish we could have played some more. And so for me. You know, listening to this show and getting to that part, I'm like, fuck, man, this is, how do you not have that in your top three? I, I thought it was a fantastically unique set. It had some songs that weren't played very often on that, on that tour. And so I, I really enjoyed it, despite the lesser sound quality. Hey, man. I, I don't begrudge a selection that isn't soundboard. It's not my flavor of the week, but they had amazing shows. And the irony is that they probably have these tapes out there. You know, oh, they, they probably have these reels in a warehouse. We had and, a vault and, show. What was the next vault going to be? It's like, well, once they get rid of that no code show, we can finally get, it. <laughs> you know? So what do you got for number two? It is a vault show. <laughs> oh man. It is. It's a constitution hall, man. It's a DC September 19th, 98 and hovercraft opening forum. I mean, obviously, old show, the sound quality is outstanding. The mix is great. Uh, the sound check, ironically, was was a fantastic set in its own right. You had Act of Love, then Push Me, Pull Me, four times, apparently. They were really trying to get this one right. And, and it didn't come out that well during the show, which Spoken I thought was word. fantastic. Right, exactly. Last Kiss, they played twice, followed up with Soldier of Love. And then they did MFC, and then they ended the sound check with Leaving Here, which they apparently they nailed according to uh, the uh Concert chronology, concert notes at two feet thick. The actual set itself, aside from the I Am the Patriot opener before Hovercraft, uh, they open with Long Road, which I'm always a sucker for as well. Because, yeah. it, again, there are certain songs that like release Long Road, and we've had this conversation, best openers, right? Long Road is a great opener for a show. And, um, again, they kind of came at it, track number three with Hail Hail. Uh, the, the, the set list itself is solid. I mean, there's an all those yesterday's appearance. I tolerate I it. it. I, I, was gonna, I tolerate it. I was waiting for you to bring it. <laughs> <laughs> I tolerate it. But you got whipping and immortality back to back. Which is great. Yeah. Which is great. I mean, you got black. Any show with black is automatically getting a, a you know, a, a gold star. That's the teacher's gold star from me. Uh, the encore had I got shit. So now you got, you know, basically Merkin Ball, right? Boom. You got uh, Better Man and Alive and Soldier of Love, so you get the, the nice 50s callback. And then, of course, uh, it ends with Yellow Better. so it's kind of a classic win and a Pearl Jam show. But the commentary throughout the show was very charged. It was political, but not in a... Um, it, Ed was at his preachy best, let's put it that way. <laughs> and uh, I say that lovingly. I mean, he wasn't you know, t- telling you how to think or anything like that. He just was... He, he was charming and... The band was on their A game. It's a fantastic show. Uh, there's a reason it's a vault release. And I'm sure if you're listening to this, you probably own it. So I don't need to say much more about it. <laughs> yeah, I think the um, this is a voters for choice benefit. And I, mm-hmm. I think it's it was less negative is the wrong word, but it was less politically charged in that like serious way that as 95 was. Right. Um, I mean, you still had... Um, 
Oh man, what the hell is your name? Gloria Steinem. There you go. Oh my mm-hmm. Christ. You saw her coming out, making speeches, making impassioned speeches. A rare Beth sighting. Beth Liebling, yeah. Beth yeah. Liebling comes out. Um, you know, his his ex-wife came out and, and did a little took took a rose, did a little dance, leaves. Um and you know, it's when when there's political tinges to a show beyond just the normal political tinges to a show, it's gonna have a little extra bite to it, I think. And I think that coupled with the fact that you've got a couple of songs here that are a little out of left field, Act of Love and Soldier of Love. That, that's pretty wild. Yeah. Looping, all those yesterdays. I mean, it's it's definitely a unique show. And the fact that you get the the soundboard quality only only emboldens that. Mm-hmm. All right. Brum. Drum roll. Drum roll. <laughs> I feel like you're Hold gonna on, think this you. isn't Okay, there, there it is. Was now was that a was that a Dave? Or was that a Matt or was that a Jack? Drum roll. Which Dave? Aha. You're all wrong. It's Matt Chamberlain. You know, it was a okay. Matt Chamberlain. Exactly. That's where I was going with that. <laughs> we are nerds. Okay. So my pick, I feel like, is going to um, not be a surprise to a lot of people, but maybe it's a surprise to you. My my favorite show of 98 has to be September 11th at the Garden in New York when the breath campaign comes to a head and they finally play it. This is a show... 107 minutes long. It's a long show. It's, um, I believe again, night two, if I'm not mistaken. And they played in um, East Rutherford, New Jersey, a few nights before that. And this whole campaign had been had been going to the play breath. I hadn't played it in like four or five years. And they, they, they were holding up signs in, in Jersey. Band didn't acknowledge it. Did it again. New York didn't acknowledge it. They cut, they do it one more time on the 11th. And then the classic, um, the classic line on right here, you fucking cock, pardon my language, by the, by the way, guys, pardon my French. Yeah. That, you were supposed to provide <laughs> that. Was that NFSW, whatever the acronym well, that you were, that was supposed to drop before your F bomb. This, <laughs> this, this whole show is, is labeled explicit from the outset. So if you didn't know, I was going to talk about bombs <laughs> in the show. I'm sorry. I guess you haven't been paying attention. But anyways, let me, you know what? I'm going to back up a little bit. Hail, hail. Starting with hail, hail. That's pretty cool. Haven't seen that before. Animal, even flow, given to fly, corduroy, MFC, habit, faithful, daughter, wishless, nothing man. Haven't seen that in a while on this tour. Immortality, RVM, brain of J, black, do the evolution. They come out for the first encore. And Ed Better says, and I quote, you fucking cocksuckers, you fucking bitch. You know we come up here as a collective band and we give and we give and you just fucking want more. And you know what? You deserve it. That's beautiful. It's beautiful. This is like some kind of organized religion here. I've never seen anything like it. Do you see what's happening? The third night in a row. Well, fuck you. We're going to play it. And then, down, down, down. Oh my God. By the way, this show had the shittiest audience recording. For a number, if you guys are are, are um, collectors of, of shows like like Paul and I are, you will know that this show has had shit quality audience recording for a long time. And earlier this year, 2020, I want to say like maybe March or April, someone somewhere found a copy that was way better, remastered it, and it sounds really really good as far as audience recordings go. It's on the mega thread on on the subreddit, so you can you can get it. Um, and it just sounds fantastic. The whole show was really good. They played State of Love and Trust right after this. So you got the whole single soundtrack. Bang. Off he goes. Leatherman. Rarity there. Better Man with Save It for Later. Mankind out of nowhere. Baba O'Reilly. And then they finish with Indifference with Ben Harper. Ending with Alive. How, Paul? You're going to disagree with me. But how? How do you disagree with me? This is so good. This is perfect. Uh, you know what, man? It it. It's a fantastic show. The set list, the context, everything you just mentioned. That's huge. The context was huge. It is, it is huge. And, and, and I do not disagree with you in that respect. I, I have uh, to correct myself. They didn't open with Hail, Hail. They opened with Release. Um, okay. I actually misread my notes there. But as we said before, Release is basically the best opener. For, for Well, we haven't had that episode yet, but it's basically one of the best, if not the best, concert openers. It is, yeah. 
It by far is one of the best. Um, it's not my number one show, but in no way, shape, or form do I fault you for saying that this is. It's a fantastic choice. I applaud you for it. By the way, I applaud you, you for choosing something that didn't even make my top four. I love. I was going to say it wasn't even an honorable <laughs> mention for you. Holy Jesus! The internet is going to be a flutter. They're either going to love you or love me or. I don't know. Maybe they are both of us equally. I don't know. Well, what do you have for your number one then? So for my number one is live at the forum in LA. Homer. Uh, yeah. You know, but you say Homer cause we live in LA. I, I wasn't know. born in man. Know. You know, know, like know. I'm a San Francisco guy, heart, heart and soul. But, uh, this particular show is vintage Pearl Jam to me. Um, they had Tenacious D opening at the time, and it mm-hmm. just it just set the tone, you know, that this is a this is a I'm 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 gonna use some language right now. This is a fucking rock show. There we what go. This Come was. on, Paul. Exactly. I mean, you, you, you get your sound check is even uh, even flow is what they open the sound check with, right? And then you get not for you, spin the black circle. I mean, they clearly were like, we are gonna crush tonight, you know. You get whipping, leaving here, last exit, alive, and then uh you get present tense and off he goes. Why they decided they, they got tired, Jason, in during sound check. They were like, All right, we're gonna play off he goes right now, and then we're off the stage. Why do they play all these bangers? And uh, that's what they check. did, and then they ended it with off he goes. <laughs> I just, it's just vintage pro. Then they open up the set with sometimes, which, which to me. It's one of my favorite openers because it's just this hushed, like, just, it's like bait. You know, they just bait you in and then boom, they hit you with Corduroy and Hail Hail and Brain of Jay right after that. And then you get in hiding. And for some strange and bizarre reason, this song does not make more appearances during the year, year right. tour. Uh, I think it's, it was the, I, I want to say they released it as a single late in the promotional process. I don't think it was an official single, but it made radio airplay. Yeah, that's what it was. But it was one of those songs where everybody's thinking, why was this not a single? And I want to say, I think Ed Ed might've said at one point, people said we should have released it as a single. I don't know why we didn't. I I could have sworn (laughs) I read an interview where some member of the band literally said that about In Hiding. And they should have. It's a fantastic, they probably would have sold even more records. If they had. <laughs> but it, it's a really, really great song. And it shows up, per, it's perfectly placed in between Brain of Jay and uh, Even Flow. You get MFC and Given to Fly and Wishlist and Do the Evolution. You get No All Those Yesterdays. It's already a victory for everybody right now. <laughs> and, uh, and they end with Bob O'Reilly, which, I mean, whatever, it, that's fine. But you had 15,000 people going nuts and Eddie's literally smashing his red Gibson SG off the stage floor. So it was a rock show. And for me, the sound quality is impeccable. It's just an outstanding show. I'm, it's just if I, if, if I'm thinking, man, I want a cool Pearl Jam rock and roll show from the nineties. Give me something from 98. This is what I'm handing you. Yeah. I can't begrudge you for that one either. And in fact, it, it, I was kind of hemming and hawing about putting it in my honorable slash three spot. Um, and at the end of the day, I, I, I left it out only because I did know you were going to have it in yours in some place. I'm like, well, we are going to talk about it. So let me pick something else that also deserves some love. I love but, the New York throwback, man. That's a great call on your part. But the this show, I, f- I think I found this on YouTube a couple years it's ago. It's there. The Inglewood show, you can find it on YouTube. And, they, and when, I, when I heard them starting with sometimes, I'm like, oh, man. I think it's actually a little bit faster too than, than the album version, it if is. I recall correctly. And it's like, this has got a little bit of a little bit of an edge to it. Like, what's going on here? And then corduroy, hail, hail, they, they bang. They were just charged, man. They they yeah. so, something crawled up their ass that day and they were just like, We're here to rock. And they did. It was cool. And you mentioned smashing a guitar. I believe um Mike smashes a guitar in West Palm Beach as well. So anytime you can smash a guitar, you're you're gonna have a good time. Yeah, exactly. Because those guitars are are not cheap, and no. the smash one means you are in SG the moment. Is not pennies. No, no, no. Uh, I think we have a fantastic list here. We and do, guys. So. If you are again, please get online. If you don't already have these shows, find the Master Torrent. Go on the blog spot. I got shit. We got shit. We got shit. We got that shit. Blog spot. Um, find these shows and listen to them because they're really good. If you haven't listened to them, or if it's been a long time. This is these are seven, eight shows that are 
quite good. All right, moving on to the lyric of the week. All right, this week's lyric of the week comes from, hey, look at that, Yield, and the song is In Hiding. It's been about three days now since I've been aground. No longer overwhelmed and it seems so simple now. Hey, it's funny when things change so All right, Paul, what are your thoughts on this Lyric of the Week? We are living in strange times, Jason. Yes. And uh, A, it's funny how things change so much and seemingly weekly, if not daily, change so much. And I can't help but wonder how much of it is all a state of mind. I I don't know. This this set of lyrics just felt timely to me and uh, very apropos given our current state of affairs. So it spoke to me. I mentioned in hiding as, as what I thought was one of the better tracks off the album and and a single that probably deserved a lot more airtime and TLC (laughs) as much, at least as given to fly and wishlist got and Mm. and do the evolution. And uh, yeah, so I wanted to give it, give it its day. And so I went with these lyrics just because they seem to fit. And there you have it. We are all in hiding right now, my friend. Yeah, I mean, we talked about this song last week, like you said, in our in our retracking, and it's about needing a reset, needing a break from society, needing you know, we really beat each other down a lot, and and this is even obviously this is written well, well before COVID, so sure. this idea of being beaten down and maybe not even intentionally, but just as life kind of wearing on you, it's natural to want a break from it all, and you know, it's it's you can look at this from a macro perspective and say like what you just said, you know, we are in this pandemic right now. I need to hide away from social media. I need to hide away from the news. There's just so much negativity and it's making me ill. I mean, hell people were doing that, you know, well before COVID, um, and well before Trump, you know, people were taking social media breaks, deactivating Facebook for months at a time. I I've done it. So, but from a micro perspective, I can see this and see these words being applicable even within your own home. So like, Again, even applicable before COVID, but more so now, especially because we're all kind of confined to our houses. So we're all crowded around each other. And while we love our family, we need a break. Everyone needs a break. So I'm out in a garage. I I have my little chill out area here in the garage where I can kind of leave my real life duties of being a dad and a husband behind sometimes if if I need to. And for a few hours, watch TV or play some guitar, listen to some music. Johnny guitar. There you go. Be on a podcast. (laughs) And, you know, I need that time to to myself to recalibrate. And sometimes I'm literally in hiding in my garage. So I've I've got a beer stocked fridge here for Christ's sake. You know, I've got a little space to kind of get away from things. And speaking of that fridge, can we pull one of those out right now? Right now? Or pour one out for the crickets. Oh, the crickets, the crickets can, can, can die a fiery death. Okay. (laughs) Fuck those crickets. <laughs> inside joke, guys. I don't know yet, but I, I have to share this briefly. So, <laughs> Jason, you you are now living in a new location. But yes, I am. Previously, all prior episodes before this one were recorded in a different garage, and that particular space was adorned with crickets. It was, <laughs> and those crickets, crickets, those <laughs> those crickets made sweet love every time we recorded because they sang a romantic overture and to me and i you know what i'm telling you right now uh those crickets deserve a voice and they they decided when we recorded that that voice was going to be heard that should be our i wanted them to be our mascot i had like visions of like market like lunch boxes and t-shirts like i i really had a, a vision man for this and your reluctance to embrace opportunity it makes me sad, Jason. Well, I don't want to make you sad, but I also hate crickets more than I <laughs> don't want to make you sad. So fuck those crickets. <laughs> and I'm leaving them back at the old house. And I'm going to continue my dissertation 
on these lyrics that we've chosen because I've written things down and I want to say <laughs> Educate me. <laughs> uh, where the hell was I? Blech. Oh, okay. So, you know, this little time that we have away from yeah. our lives, it, it lets you reset all your faders, all your life faders. So you've got anxiety, energy, stress, happiness, anger, whatever the hell it is. You can relax and reset. And once you do this, you can look at a problem you might have and you might have been having earlier and look at it with fresh eyes. You might find the solution is actually quite simple. And because, like it says, it's all a state of mind. So if you're in a bad state of mind, it's going to influence how you approach the problem solving, how you approach people. So, you know, there's the micro and the macro. And I find this song in general, but the this verse specifically Man, it just, it, it really works, like you said, in this moment that we are having. But also on that micro level. But also on the micro. I mean, even without COVID, I feel like everyone needs to have a little time to themselves. You know, as much as you love your wife, you're like, I need to go and um, watch some TV by myself. Me right time, now. right? That's, I mean, that's everyone, what we and, and the wife is the same way and the kids are For the sure. same way. Everyone needs to have their own little corner to kind of get out of you know, the real life um, chemistry that we all have and kind of just reset. And th- this, I don't think it was written for that micro perspective, but I think that's what the great songs do. What the great lyrics do is that you can find that second layer, like we've done in multiple songs recently, finding those second layers. Um, and I think this one really, really works and I love the song. Well said. Let's move on to our live cut of the week. Ready? And the left of the week, obviously, in hiding. Paul, where are we going? We're going back to the LA Forum, 98. So it was my number one show. Yep. And uh, in hiding makes an appearance. I've already talked about this, so I'm not going to beat the same drum over and over again. Or beat it at horse, I believe is the expression. Yes. Uh, it's an outstanding cut of this song. Um, like I said, you know, I mean, they they came to play that day. And this is the type of song that deserved its day in the sun. And what better show than the one where they came to play? I don't know how else to say. I mean, the the sound quality is outstanding to me Um, in terms of context. I mean, it's, it's not the kind of track that has the story behind it that a lot of other songs do. So uh, at least as far as I know, so it's hard to attach it to a particular narrative necessarily, but um I don't know. I mean, thematically speaking, just this idea of, you know, I want to come out, you know, I mean, I've been in hiding and I want to come out and this is, this version of it is what it feels like to come out. And so, or what it feels like to be in hiding and suppressed. I don't know. One or the other. Well, I think the band was, came out that night. I mean, you said exactly. it with their sound check. They just came out to play. They came out blazing, you know, so it's an outstanding cut of the song. I highly recommend uh, if you haven't heard the live at the forum, on uh, July 13th, 98 show. You got 15,000 plus fans that are just loving this. So it's a great cut. And it's, you know, this song has been played 91 times. We've actually seen it twice. We have, yeah. Um, and it's, I think the best versions of this song come from this tour just because it's so hard to sing. Um, so the last handful of years, it's more, it's been more of a crowd sing along because. Right. The, I mean, the chorus is just very hard to sing. So you get some of these really great performances from the 98 tour. And yeah, this one is fantastic. And it did stick out to me independent of you pointing it out mm-hmm. um, when I was listening back to the show uh, earlier this week. So yeah, here we go. Uh, July 13th, 1998, the form in England.
That is good. And one little thing that I thought was interesting is he changes the um, words in the first line of the pre-chorus from my words to the truth to keep mm-hmm. from lying. Yeah. A little tweak there. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we've we seen... Did you go to the, the shows in 06, the form? No. You were still in San Francisco? Yeah, I was in, in San Francisco. I did like three out of the four nights at the Bill Graham oh, Auditorium so up good. north. Yeah, so I was there for most of those, but I, I wasn't able to see the the shows here in 06 that we was, went in um, 09 but uh right right that was universal city which is now defunct we actually, we actually yeah, seen yeah. Tw- in two different buildings in la that no longer exist yeah, how bizarre is that we're <laughs> cursed <laughs> they're, they're gonna they're gonna we are the black the cloud that follows eeyore in the lives of pearl jam yes that's a very odd reference i i, I have kids what do you want from me <laughs> Okay, we're getting delirious here, guys. Uh, We will see you next week with uh, more stuff. We haven't figured that one out yet. We'll figure it out. It'll be great. It'll be great. great. (laughs) Until then. It will be great. It will be great. Vote for me in November. It will be great. It'll be the best. (laughs) The best podcast. Oh, God. Off the rails. Off the rails. Uh, Signing off. Until next week, you're listening to The State of Love and Trust. (laughs) 